0: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Squiggly Careers podcast. I'm Sarah and I'm joined by my co-host Helen. Hello everybody. And this is episode 84 and today we're talking about coaching yourself. And actually I'm really surprised we've not Covered this topic previously because I know. A lot, when you when, you know when your topic comes up and you think surely after eighty four episodes there's going to be nothing <laughs> left for us to talk about but each week we still manage to find something um, <laughs> and coaching is actually something lots of people talk to us about probably partly because we are both trained as coaches but also because I think it's one of those things that has sometimes quite a lot of mystique around it you know lots of people don't get access to coaching but they appreciate how it might be helpful or they think it might be helpful. We get asked about some of the tools and the techniques. And actually the more we've reflected on this, the more we think there is a lot of the things that we've learned about coaching other people that you can apply for yourself. So the idea of kind of self-coaching is really what we're gonna focus on today. And we'll talk in a bit about, you know, why there are some barriers to coaching. And it's something we're really passionate about, actually. We've got some ideas in the ether about how we could make coaching more accessible, hopefully coming later this year. But in the meantime, and generally anyway, I think there are some things that you can do around coaching that can just be useful for you day in, day out, week in, week out. These are almost techniques, I think, can just become part of how you work. And so before we kick off, Just thinking a bit about what coaching is. I think sometimes coaching gets misunderstood as mentoring. So mentoring and coaching often gets married together. And that's because sometimes people play both of those roles. But for me, when I think about coaching and probably the difference when I'm coaching somebody versus playing any other role, whether it's leading a team or managing a team or doing mentoring, is that when you are coaching, I think your role is to help somebody to help themselves So it's not giving the answers, it's not providing the solutions, it's about reflecting, thinking, listening and helping someone to learn, not teaching or kind of telling and it often is something where you hopefully have these moments of where you've just unlocked your thinking and you can, they're kind of sometimes aha moments and there's a kind of, you ask yourself a question or someone asks you a question, it just helps you to see something differently, it helps you through a problem, where you're stuck, or where just something doesn't feel right and you're actually not even sure why it doesn't feel right. Is that how you define it, Helen?
2: Yeah, I think when you said about unlocking thinking, that's exactly what it is for me. I think if I think about, like, the, you know, when you talked about coaching and mentoring, for me coaching is where you unlock someone's thinking and mentoring is really where you're informing someone's thinking and it's that difference between unlocking and informing and I think they're both really powerful you know I think we've done I cannot remember what number it is but we've definitely done podcasts on mentoring Um, and they're both really powerful but they definitely do different things I think Coaching is quite because unlocking your thinking and you have those aha moments is quite not exhausting, but it takes a lot of um reflection and thought. Mm. So I think you can actually have multiple mentors, this informing all these people who are informing your thinking from different perspectives. But I don't think you really want multiple coaches because no. that process of reflection and unlocking your thinking and maybe really changing how you're approaching things is quite hard, super beneficial to you in your career, is also the reason I think that coaching is particularly valuable when you're doing it with like an external coach so obviously this podcast is about self-coaching but in the, in the context of having an external coach to you I think it's really helpful at like pivotal points in your career so it's not like a status symbol that we should all have a coach all the time I don't think that's the right thing I think if you're if for you in your career, having a coach at pivotal moments, maybe you started a new job or there's a particular upheaval or you've got a confidence gremlin you're dealing with at those points, external coaching is really, really useful. But that's why I think if you can develop some self coaching skills, you can use that more regularly. You can kind of use that. You can take ownership of yourself. And then maybe at some points in your career, you might want to invest or secure in an external coach from some of the more pivotal stuff. I think that's a really nice blend and how you'll get that unlocking your thinking in a really healthy way
1: and I think as we're all going through our squiggly careers and they're getting squigglier the amount of choices decisions opportunities available to us is only going to grow and almost the onus on us taking accountability and ownership for our own career which is something we talk about all the time as being at kind of the heart of a squiggly career these coaching tools and techniques essentially give you a framework in terms of how you create time to think for yourself because I think often in these moments where we'd quite appreciate some coaching you know maybe we talk to a friend or maybe we mull things over in our mind if we're particularly reflective and things go round and round in our heads and hopefully what we're going to talk about today is some things that will just give you a few little ideas or or ways of thinking things through so that you actually reach a point where you then take action. Because that's the other important thing. And I think sometimes that action can just be a change of mindset. It doesn't always have mm. to be kind of an action that necessarily somebody else could see in the world. But I do think in the context of squiggly careers and coaching career conversations, ultimately what we are aiming to is to get to an action. Because the reason that you're often wanting to do the coaching is you want something to change or there is an opportunity to change something. So even if the action is to stay where you are today or to keep doing something, you've still been kind of proactive and had the initiative and you've decided what is kind of right for you. And the reality is we're not all going to get these external trained coaches like it's really the
2: coaching model at the moment and Sarah and I are are trying to find a way to democratize the coaching model but right now it's pretty expensive which means that most individuals don't pay for it themselves because it's expensive for a session so therefore you're reliant on your company paying for it and it's still expensive for companies so they tend to prioritize the different audiences that they offer that to it might be um, senior leaders it's certain like populations within the organization maybe like future leaders it's basically it's not everybody and therefore it is hard to get but there is so much value that you can get from coaching that it's we hope that we can take some of those gems that we we know that we use and other coaches use and turn it into a tool that you can use yourself until maybe you do want a coach or you have an external coach and even if you never do then these tools are
1: still very valuable for you
2: and your reflection and unlocking your own thinking.
1: So what we're going to do is share a couple of our own stories in terms of how we do self-coaching. Both Helen and I do it today. So some quite simple techniques of which you can borrow the ones that that you particularly resonate with you or you think might suit your approach and way of thinking. We'll then move on to a couple of questions that we've had from our Instagram community on coaching specifically um, and try and tackle those because it's likely that lots of you will have similar sorts of questions. And then we will make sure at the end that there's time for four extra top tips, which are coaching tools that we both use when we coach other people, but then equally also use for ourselves. And then we'll finish with a bit of advice that we've also got to share from different people. So starting with our stories, Helen, what would you describe that you do regularly in terms of self-coaching?
2: The first thing I do, I feel like I say this all the time. People listening to podcasts get really bored, but I try to um, like journal every day, which I know is quite a fashionable thing to do. But I don't really miss it when I don't do it. So I have um, just one of those like moleskin notebooks, and I it's got a lovely like teal cover, and I have a pack of those multicolored pack of pens. I quite like having nice pens and stationery to do it. But every morning I get up pretty early, like ideally beat the kids when it's nice and quiet, and I write at least a page in my journal. Now sometimes that's less. About coaching and more about brain dumping. But what I tend to do is try and answer like a big question to almost structure my thinking. So it, it might be something like, how do i feel i'm holding myself back or what am i afraid of or how am i at my best at work or uh, various different questions i've actually got quite a few recently from um an book i downloaded on holiday by um gabrielle bernstein i can't remember the exact name of it but i'll put it in the resources so you'll see it on the website but she's basically got um like 52 different questions for you to look at each week so it's sort of like what are you scared mm, of and how it's, it's really helpful she's more of like a spiritual kind of person so some of the questions are a little bit wired towards mm-hmm. that so it might it might not be for everyone but I will as well put in the um, in the resources a link of very, very practical career coaching questions that you can ask yourself. So I have that. I just write that. Sometimes I just like I had a spiel in my journal and just like write, and write, and write and ideas come from it. But um, sometimes I put that big question at the top of my head, which would potentially be the sort of question that a coach would ask me. And I just write my thoughts around it, really. And I tend to find that I get to some clarity. Like in a page of writing, I'll start almost asking myself questions. So I might, the first question that I might write might be, What are you afraid of? And then I might start writing down those sorts of things. And then I might, I'll end up asking myself another question, like, How is that holding me back? How could I overcome that? Who might I need support from? And it just sort of flows quite naturally. And by the end, of like I don't know 15-20 minutes of just writing it all down I just feel like I've got a little bit more clarity so I find that really really helpful process it does take a bit of time like it does take me about 20 minutes in the morning and I much prefer to do it first thing before
1: I like before I actually talk to anybody or do anything I just find that's a good space in my day to do it somebody in uh, one of our courses actually last week uh, was talking about something similar where he does a similar approach but perhaps more in the evening and more bullet pointy than kind of what you've described Mm. and he said he writes down his top three worries or concerns or things that are making him anxious in one colour and then in green he writes down all the positive actions that he could take to address those things that's nice um yeah I thought that was really nice and I liked how practical it was and he said it's also helped him to sleep better and almost by releasing them Someone did say to me that they tried the longer form journaling and actually it made them feel worse. Oh, that's um, interesting. Because it was almost like, I suppose you could get into a spiral of not feeling very good and then you're writing about it and, and it almost accentuating things. So I think you have to figure out with these kind of self-coaching techniques, which ones help you to prompt action. And as a result, you should feel better, be working better as a result. And there's no one right answer. I think journaling has people adopting that in lots of different ways. So I think find a way that works for you. I tend to like almost read it back a little bit
2: and then I'll end up highlighting the bits that have almost got some action within them. Um, And so it's it's quite useful. But I do think, God, I hope no one ever reads these because they're going to (laughs) think... (laughs) I <laughs> know. Okay. I was thinking that the other day I was like, God, if my children find these when I'm older, they're going to be like, what was she going on about? Really <laughs> no interesting <laughs> Because <Yeah. laughs> sometimes I'll start with like "Oh, it's quite sunny today, like this morning I actually wrote it in the garden and I got up like at five o'clock you're all groaning now, I know, but I got up mm, really early I sat in the garden with wow, my coffee insane. I know, I know, but I was like, I think I was writing like, it's really sunny, the birds are shining and I've got an interview today and I think I started writing about that, so yeah, I'm sure Like, I never really want anybody else to ever read those mm. things, um, but it's quite helpful for me what
1: about you what are you doing regularly well what I do is I have one very specific thing I do if I'm ever getting stuck or I feel unhappy about something or I feel that something hasn't gone well so I'm trying to sort of think my way out of a situation or think my way through a situation and I will ask myself in terms of what's happening what things are facts what things are opinions and what are assumptions and I try to dissect a scenario or let's say you've had a meeting or you're thinking about a relationship that you have with someone that maybe you want to improve I would try and just distinguish between those three different things because I think often we mix up those things that we think our assumptions are facts we think our opinions are facts and actually the things that are facts are usually much shorter than we imagine (laughs) and sometimes that then what I then find that prompts is a very objective reality, in terms of what's known versus what's unknown. And then being very specific about the action that I can take and being really clear about the things that there's no point me worrying about because I can't control them. Now I think there's often more you can control than you think, but only you can take action. And so for me, that always really helps me in terms of it just... Because these are often situations, if you feel like you need some coaching, it's often because something isn't going as well as you'd like it to. This just stops me from overthinking and I'm I'm a natural reflector and I would keep thinking about things for like months. I can still like describe situations from like quite a long time ago. I do like hold things in my head for a long time and I think it's quite easy for me to like tell stories about what's happening versus going, actually, if I'm being really objective about this and you were to divide it in this way, almost like it was like something a bit more legal. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It just helps me to see the reality not and see through my perception of that reality and just look at the difference. And then actually I'll go, right, okay, well, based on that, this is what I can do. And then actually quite quickly it becomes really practical. And also it holds me to account, I find. Mm. Just by doing that, I'm like, well, if I want this thing to change, I've got to be accountable for doing X, Y, and Z. And if I don't do those things, then I can't expect stuff to change. So it's almost like... Being clear about what is happening, like really what's happening, and then what I can do. And then almost like I sort of go, Well, I can't complain unless I sort this stuff out, and it it makes me do stuff. Facts, opinions, assumptions. Yeah. The only other thing I was just
2: thinking when you're talking about there, that helps quite a lot if you've got some emotion involved in a situation, because it gives you that objectivity. The other thing that I try and do is if I feel that I am getting, doesn't always work, but if I feel that I'm getting emotional about a situation, so maybe I'm stressed. Frustrated. I think I rarely feel an anger, but it's, it's normally one of those things like stress or frustration would be um, an emotion that I might feel. What I try to do is almost take a step back from me and think about why am I feeling that way? So rather than yeah. I like just get really caught up in the moment, kind of go almost get a little bit of distance from myself. It's something that um, Eckhart Tolle, who again is a bit of a kind of spiritual warrior, has done lots of thinking around this about you, you can control your emotions by getting some distance from them. But I, I, I will try and say okay, why am I feeling like this? What am I in control of? And what do I have influence over? Just to try and bring some practical questions because I find if my brain anchors to answering those questions, okay, what do I have control over? What well, I have control over my response. I have control over, you know, what I say and whatever it is. I feel that just the thought process of answering those questions gives me some distance from the emotion I might be feeling in the moment. And it enables me to sort of coach my way through it so that I feel much more calm and collected. That's a helpful thing for me
1: so let's move on to some of the questions that we had from our community before we go into three or four other tools that might be useful the first question which is probably the most common question around coaching is how do you actually get money for coaching Mm -hmm. um so this is not about self-coaching this is if you do want to ask you know the company you work for to support you with finding a coach with paying for a coach how do you make that happen Um, So, Helen, have you ever asked for a coach internally and and had to kind of negotiate your way through this? Um,
2: I think I have asked for coaches, actually. Yes, of course I have. Um, When I was at E.ON, I asked for a coach and i had to put a very light business case together it's for um my manager at the time i mean he was very supportive generally of my development so it wasn't too mm-hmm. hard a sell but what i did have to put down like how many sessions i was asking for so i think i actually asked for like six over six months
1: mm, that's and, quite a lot um, I would say.
2: yeah it was quite a few um and i put down what the focus of each session was i involved my manager in the selection of the coach and i shared back with him after each of the sessions so i made him very very involved in it and i linked it to the work that i was doing and how it would help me do the work that I was doing when I was in an innovation role at the time. And it was, and like I said, he was a supportive manager. I'd set the context for the job and I'd very much involved him in the process. So yeah, that's probably what I did. I mean, it it was a bit easier because he was supportive. I I haven't had a hard sell. All the other coaches that I've got, I've had in the past, have come through different programmes, I would say. Either programmes I've studied at like some... University that I've studied at whilst I've been working, so like Ashridge, for example, I got a coach through that, or something that I've been part of. So like on the marketing academy, for example, that Sarah and I are both on. You you had the support of a coach whilst you were on that program. So I think I've only asked for the money for one once, and the rest of mine have been come through um, different programs that I've been a part of. One
1: of the things I would recommend in terms of timing, one of the best times to ask for a coach is if something is happening where you can negotiate it as part of that process. So, for example, if you are getting promoted, if you are leading a team for the first time or a bigger team, perhaps if you are perhaps coming back from a career break of any description, whether that's maternity, paternity leave, if you're being made redundant or there's a restructure, sometimes those big moments in time, we talked about it before. That's often when coaching actually is its most valuable, I think. And so sometimes as part of those conversations, actually talking about how much value you would get from having a coach, doing the hard work in terms of meeting people, chemistry sessions and things, shows that you can be really proactive for yourself. And often organisations find it easier, I think, to say yes in those moments. Because, you know, I do have some sympathy with... Coaching's one of those things, if you say yes to one person, then, Mm. you know, you probably have to make it available and, and people are trying to be fair. So it is often quite a tricky thing. But if you are almost going through one of those pivotal changes that we talked about i think sometimes it's easier but we'll perhaps do a separate podcast specifically on like finding a coach and how all of that works but yeah if you need to get the money i think try and make it about more than just the money i suppose is our kind of advice because actually if you're just going with oh you know i just need this x amount of cash if you make it about broadly your development what you're going to give back to the company in return what are they going to gain from it how is it beneficial for them start with put yourself in your organization's shoes rather than your own shoes and do your own bit second that'll help you a bit just in terms of helping to uh persuade them hopefully
2: and another question that we had from our community was um would you suggest self-coaching to all types of people or do you think that there are people which are more naturally inclined to self-coaching than others what do you think sarah
1: well i think this first of all i was thinking well i wish everybody did it for a start <laughs> you know that was my like sort of starting thought in my head and I think it also probably comes down to the link to kind of growth mindset here in terms of the attitude that you take to yourself and your development and your work. And I think if you have a work in progress mindset, whether you call it self-coaching or not, and whether yeah, you I- identify it with it in that way, I think it's more about thinking, always being open to learning and getting better, because that's what your, you know, coaching can help you through specific situations, but it's always in the kind of pursuit of, being even better at your job or being even better at work. And that is essentially about being proactive and taking initiative in terms of your own learning and development. So I sort of go, well, I I hope everybody would want to do it and should do it. I do think increasingly with the squiggly career context and with so many factors of work changing simultaneously that this is going to feel more and more like a must-do rather than a nice-to-do. I can just see it in... You know, some of the people I work with who are perhaps dare I say a bit younger than me that I think people are getting better and better at doing this because they are you know they're coming into the workplace and it already is quite squiggly and they're used to having to change things and maybe they're you know working freelance and they're only 23 and so they're just getting more into this mentality quicker and I think that's perhaps we'll start to see more and more of this so I hope so I hope it will be for everyone. I
2: think the framing of it as either work-in-progress mindset or growth mindset actually makes it, it sort of normalises a bit, like self-coaching. Yeah. But whilst we are going to give you some tools, it does sound like, um, oh, maybe that's a bit too formal for everybody, but actually just growth mindset is what we should all be doing. So perhaps it's in the framing of it, which might
0: make it something that's more approachable for people.
1: PlushCare Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness.
1: Okay, so let's move on to um, some specific coaching tools that we've both learned through training to be a coach that we think might be useful. The first one, which some of you might have heard of before, is probably the most well known coaching tool, I think, is most famous, if that's the right phrase for a coaching tool, is something called GROW. And GROW is an acronym, and it stands for Goal, Reality, Options, and then Will, or sometimes people say Way Forward. And essentially, it's just a framework for thinking through how you ask yourself questions, how you get to answers. So just to go through an example really quickly, gold would be, you know, what are you trying to achieve from this conversation? You know, what do you want to chat about today? What's on your mind at the moment? And the usual thing to know about that for when you're doing this for yourself is sometimes the thing that you initially think is often not the real problem. You know, sometimes you end up having to go through this model Multiple times to really get to the solution, but it's a really good starting point to kind of go. The goal is just like okay, so what's on your mind at the moment? What's the thing that you're kind of trying to address? Reality is then a little bit that point I talked about in terms of facts, assumptions, opinions. It's probably why I end up using that as probably my version of the grow tool. And reality is so what's happening today? So you know you're talking about what's the problem, and then it's like okay, so what's the reality? What's happening? That's sort of often where you're describing a little bit for yourself just like what's happening at the moment. The really important thing I always think on reality is not to get stuck there. It's always really tempting to get really descriptive. And that's also where you can get into being a bit victim mode or you just keep going, this is all awful and it's a disaster. And you and so don't lure yourself into kind of enjoying the reality too much and just describing it because you sort of see that quite a lot. Then the O in terms of options. So this is where for yourself, if you're doing self-coaching, try and think through feels like what are the options available to you what are the actions that you could take and think really creatively think laterally about those options sometimes it's at this point you go actually I'm not sure I've got the goal quite right and you go back and go actually I think at the moment I need to be a bit more short-termist I've maybe gone a bit big a bit too soon and maybe I need to think about this for the next month but what are the options available to you what are the things that you could explore And then the last W in terms of will or way forward is then going, so based on those options, which one do you feel most committed to? And actually, how committed are you to doing that thing? So often you'll be doing this and you'll think, I know this is what I should do. I know this is the action I should take. Then actually say to yourself, out of 10, how committed am I to doing this Mm. action? Because if the honest, honest answer to that is like three out of 10, or you just think, well, I know it's like the right answer, but there's no way I'm going to do it. You've not got the right actions and you've perhaps not got the right goal. And that's the point where it's really important. And you can do this, you can be honest with yourself because you're basically working this through for yourself. But if I'm like writing these down and I get to that point and I'll think, I'm not really going to do these actions because maybe they just feel too hard or too scary at the moment. I revisit and go actually do I need to make my goal a bit smaller or where has something maybe not quite connected through that growth process but it's a really useful way to structure conversations with other people it's a good way to think things through for yourself there's loads of stuff out there that you can read on it as useful reminders with even more description than we've kind of gone through today but you know if it's not a model that you, you've seen before it's definitely worth reading kind of learning more about it's pretty straightforward My only last piece of advice on it would be don't get distracted or caught up in the model. You know, if you don't quite do it in order, it's absolutely fine. I think sometimes when you give someone a, you know, go through it step by step, people then almost get so worried about going through it in order and doing each of the steps, they sort of forget to do the thinking. So the thinking is way more important than the acronym would be my (laughs) my last bit of advice on it so um, my tool for you is
2: a tool is a books framework I don't know when when I first started my coaching qualification I basically just wanted to be given a book of frameworks because I like a model it's how my brain works and it's how I kind of absorb information and I didn't really find a nice neat coaching book but I did find one that was called The Coaching Habit and it was like the seven questions every coach needs to ask and I was like brilliant I'll just have that then i <laughs> will save me having to like learn loads of models um, and it's a book by somebody called Michael Bungay Stanley. Dana. And it's a whole book about seven questions. So you can just get the seven questions and not read the book. But it is quite a good book. I've got the book and the audio book. But it's positioned from if a manager wants to take a coaching approach with the person that works for them these are the seven questions that they should ask in order to help to unlock the person that works for them's thinking but I actually think you can flip it slightly so that you still have those same seven questions but you reframe them so that you can reflect on them yourself so rather than it being about a manager talking with someone let me go through them and again we'll put these questions in the in the post on amazingif.com if you've not got a pen and paper at hand the Question number one is what's on your mind? So again, a bit of a brain dump. You can do this with post-it notes or on a bit of paper or in your journal. This might be like a typical journal. Flow that I would go through. So question one, what's on my mind right now? And then you kind of collect all your thoughts of that. And then say anything else. Anything else is such a common coaching question to kind of elicit mm, yeah, like, it really more is, thinking. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So like when you think you've written everything, ask yourself, is there anything else going on right now? Uh, and then you kind of give yourself another couple of minutes to get those thoughts down. Question three is when you look at all that stuff, either what's the biggest challenge right now, or what's the real challenge here? So for example, if I'd put a Um, what's on my mind and I've got like oh I'd put oh this project and the book launch and I've got to do this with this client and that was what was all on my post-it notes or my thing then actually the real challenge for me might not be solving that client work or that website it might be solving the fact that I'm feeling quite overwhelmed that's easier to do when you've got all those things written down question four is what do you really want to achieve so if you you've got all this context of stuff that's going on and you can see the challenge but what is it that you really want that's to kind of focus yourself down what help do you need is question 5 Question six, which I love, is if you're saying yes to this, so like some action that you are going to take, what are you going to say no to? I really love that question. Mm, so if I'm going Really good. <laughs> really, because I think that's well, what I do that sometimes. <laughs> like, and I just think, even just that question, I think asking yourself that question more when you're like going, I'm going to take that project on, or I'm going to do whatever it is, or if Sarah and I've got an idea, if we say yes to that, what are we saying no to? Such a good, mm, such a good We're so rubbish, to ask that. so rubbish at I'm so rubbish that. Oh. <laughs> both because both we get very excited about stuff and then the last question is probably the only one that i think doesn't work quite as well for asking it for yourself is um what was most useful for you so the idea of that is once you've gone through that reflection process at the end of it you take a step back and it's almost like what's the biggest insight i'm taking out of here and um, that's probably the one that i use less of but the other ones i find really useful particularly in a flow like what's going on what's my biggest mm, I challenge really like that; they're really good It's really nice. I'll put um, on the post, I'll put the seven questions in the post and then in the resources, I will
1: link to uh, an article which has a bit more detail on and the book. Highly recommend. And so the next one is something called Wheel of Life. And Wheel of Life is a really good way of just visualising across all aspects of your life, how are you doing? So I think this is less about tackling a specific Problem though I guess it could help to kind of show up in which part of your life are you kind of having challenges or do you want to focus? But more if you were thinking, oh, actually, I'd just like to almost like reflect a bit on where I am now and where I might like to be. And you score like a spider diagram essentially on things like fulfilment, money, health, just every kind of different aspect of kind of how you're doing generally all out of 10. And the idea isn't that you're trying to get to 10, it's more that you're just going, okay, well, if I'm a four here, what would it take to be a seven? If I'm a five, what would it take to be a six, which might it might only be realistic at the moment to kind of move up one thing. And also, how do you feel about what that spider diagram looks like? Does that feel okay to you? Is that causing you stress? Is there a particular area you want to focus on? It also actually really reminds me of the work on designing your life. So there's a good website actually there's the book and then there's quite a lot of free resources now on designing your life and that has a very similar exercise in the book when I was looking at it it, they're Mm. quite they're quite similar there's a few different tools and techniques but they're all there essentially to give you a snapshot of how are you doing right now and it really the purpose is to kind of go you don't really want any of those things to be too out of kilter because you know that they all kind of need to work in harmony for us to be happy so it's a classic thing of, oh, the job might be going really well, but I've not done any exercise in four weeks. So I think might have been a conversation I actually had with Helen uh-huh. this week. But I had been for a run. So I, I, I was actually, I think I use this in my head because I've done these quite a few different times. I am actually always really aware of how is that wheel of life looking. I think I could visualise it at any point in time. And then it really helps me then because I do think, do you know what, I haven't done any exercise for three weeks. So even though I don't want to and I'm running out of excuses <laughs> and it's really sunny oh, I'm actually gonna have to go for a run and do you know what? I did it this week and felt so good having done it and so smug for the rest of the day which was which I also really enjoyed. But- you did it first thing as well so for all your mockery of me doing
2: yeah. like uh, stuff okay. in the morning you, you should send me Sarah sent me a message like oh, I just ran an 8k
1: what time did you send me that message like I like, oh, hey, just ran an so- 8k yeah, but so 7.30 to 8.30 in the morning, that, that's OK. That, most people be like, that's not too insane. That's quite different to getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning.
2: Yeah, but you, did, you ran for like a really long time. I'm saying this from the
1: context of someone who doesn't run, like yeah, to catch a train. Oh, well, I, was, I, was su- I was super smug about it. But um, I think all of those things are very good. If you're thinking, actually, I just want to do a bit of reflection just to see where I am and, and what, what I might want to prioritise. Just how I'm getting on, they're all really useful. We'll put a template for one up so you can have a go.
2: I think this is a really good starting point. If you listen to this podcast and going hmm, okay, this self coaching thing could be useful for me. What's my first thing? I would say this is a really good, yeah, a good place to start. It is, and the one that we upload. The reason I quite like it is it's got seven different points on the wheel. So what I find is I'm kind of a little bit binary, and I kind of think, okay work and family. Like I'll try and keep those quite high, but there are seven things to reflect on. So um, they've got like career, family and friends, your significant other, fun and recreation, health, money, personal growth, and your kind of physical environment. And I think when I think about all of those things, it starts to tell me a slightly different picture about how effectively I'm investing my time. Because I think a lot of the time I go, oh, work's okay, family's okay. And I probably don't let the other five factors come into my consciousness No fun, no fun allowed. <laughs> <laughs> no fun allowed in my life. You know, it's true. Uh, So last thing then, last thing as a coaching tool is going to sound a bit of a contradiction when we're talking about self-coaching, but it's having a coaching circle. So a coaching circle is effectively having at least two people, potentially a few more, who you can have a coaching conversation in. And no one has to be an official coach or anything like that. You don't have to have a qualification or a skill set. The way it works is at least, so you've got two people at least, one person comes with the challenge or the opportunity in their career right right now, and the other person has a set of questions. Again, I will link on the blog post, amazingif.com, to a set of questions. And all the person asking the questions does is goes through each question, tries not to interrupt too much. They basically create the space and the structure for the other person to think now yes you could just have these questions in front yeah. of yourself and you could just answer them but there's something very different that goes on when somebody else is asking you the question and creating some space and silence for you to think it might just unlock your thinking in a different way than if you were writing things down it just does something slightly different in our brain so same process set of questions but just think about can you in a pair or in a trio perhaps i've done this before have a coaching circle you might all bring a career challenge you could all rotate who's asking the questions sometimes i get the third person as well to share some ideas at the end so you really want the person who's being asked the questions the person who's got the career challenge to come up with their own solutions but perhaps there's this third person in the room who's just listening at the end of it they might say oh and here are some other things that i thought you might try so it's just a very nice way of doing it again no one has to be a professional coach but it might unlock your thinking in a slightly different way so i think it still falls within the the category of self-coaching
1: And I know actually quite a lot of people who listen to this podcast listen to it because a friend has recommended it to them. So perhaps you could do it with that friend or you listen to it because actually we know that now there are like teams at work who listen to it. And so again, it it might just be a really, it might be part of something you could do as part of a team meeting or you could just have a go. It is actually straightforward. And I think sometimes because coaching is a thing where you can qualify to be a coach, People feel like they don't have maybe the capability to do this for themselves. But I think it's okay for us to say, given we have both done the kind of qualifications, that, you know, a lot of this stuff you can self-help. As long as you are prepared to invest a bit of time to read and learn, you will definitely be able to do this and do this really well. It's as much about dedicating the time to it and wanting to do it as it is about the kind of skill set of being a professional coach, which is an amazing thing the people who do who are professional coaches full-time are brilliant incredible at kind of listening and giving people that space but there is an awful lot you can do for yourself
2: And before we close out this week's podcast, um, on Instagram in the week, we went to our community and, as well as asking them, have you got any questions for us about coaching that we can answer on the podcast? We also said, have you got any advice? And uh, had a few different pieces of advice through. And we have selected Ink and Mocha, um, who is one of the people that follows us and lots of engagement from them. So thank you. And we've selected their piece of advice to share with you um, because we think that we all have wisdom to share with each other. So, their advice on self coaching is to set the route yourself. And make sure that you use your support network to hold you accountable, to lift you up and to bring you back on track when you inevitably find setbacks.
1: So that's nice. I thought it was quite a nice word of wisdom to end it with. People are very wise. And thank you to everyone who continues to take the time to rate and share the podcast. We are finding that um, people are doing it more and more. And every week almost someone will... Write to us, or if they know me particularly well, will text me, or what does that mean? Be like, oh, I finally got around to doing the review, and I'm like, that's amazing, and we really appreciate it. We, like I say, genuinely read everyone, and it really helps us to make sure that other people can discover the podcast, perhaps people who don't know us as well. Means that we kind of show up when people are googling us and all that kind of stuff. So thank you because we know it's like one more kind of task in your day um and And we've had two more We've had two more reviews since last week's podcast i think i know one of them because i think i know i know the person (laughs) and they were like i've
2: done the review and i was like thank you (laughs) thank you um so camilla and ms london caribe or yeah it's camilla Um, that i know (laughs) Uh, thank you to both of you we massively appreciate it it helps us reach more people because it does all kind of algorithm stuff
1: that we don't really understand but no no helps so thank Mm -hmm. you that's what prompted me today to say to helen i think we need a squiggly careers emotional for everyone who like messages us and I always want to say like thank you and then also do like a squiggly careers emoticon so I don't know if how you anyone, make, knows, yeah, if anyone, if
2: anyone knows yeah anyone knows how, knows how to make that happen that.
1: that was my random idea for the day that would probably make our year if we had a squiggly career emoticon, yeah, would, so, yeah just let us know. <laughs> and um next week we're going to be tackling one of the subjects that I think everybody hates but always seems to happen which is politics at work so I don't know anyone who likes politics at work I don't know anyone's like oh yeah yo. do you I did do you actually know called, someone he does
2: I, well I don't mind it myself I did once get called a political animal in,
1: uh, con- I know by someone I in don't HR, know how I feel I about like, that
2: I know me too I was a bit like oh I don't is that, I don't think that's a good thing <laughs> so,
1: but yeah well, um, I just yeah. I just I really like the thick of it program and that sort of politics <laughs> I guess it's worst, and I just go oh god and it's something I think people get quite afraid of but know happen and sort of want to understand. So we were like, right, let's try and tackle it. And if you've got specific questions around politics at work um, and you're listening now that you want us to answer and you want us to spend some time thinking about, you can just get in touch with us on Instagram. We're just at amazingif. Um, just direct messages and just let us know it's a question for the podcast and we'll make sure to include it or you can find us on LinkedIn or just email us at getintouch@amazingif.com always like hearing from you always want to hear your ideas whether it's for next week's podcast or for future episodes but that's everything for this week uh, we hope you found that really interesting good luck if you're going to have a go at some of that coaching um, good in, luck. in the next weeks or so let us know how you get on and we'll speak to you all next week bye for now bye